Today, we'll complete our study in this little book of Jude. We have come finally to verses 24 and 25. It is the benediction. It is the doxology offered by Jude to our Lord. So for for so long, all the way through this uh, epistle, we have focused on the bad guys. We have been warned about false teachers, and we've been given these stark analogies, analogies of who they are, their counterparts in Scripture, their evil counterparts in Scripture. So we've concentrated so much on these apostates and the warning that Jude, the very dire warning that Jude has given to us. But at last, all of our attention now is turned back to our Lord. So we begin in verse 24. To him, now being empowered, dunameno, now being able or being empowered to guard you from stumbling. Philaxi, to guard, it's a military, it's kind of a word that is used of a military guard who is guarding something. He's watching over something. His charge is to make sure that whatever is in his purview, whatever he's watching over to keep it safe. This is a word that is used of our Lord. To him, now being able or being empowered to guard you, to keep you from stumbling and to make you stand. That's a good word. Stesai. Some translations may say to present you It's a word that means to make you stand firm, to make you stand, and to make you stand firm in the presence of his glory. The whole purpose of existence, the whole purpose of God working in the time-space continuum the whole purpose of the Father giving the Son, those who are called the elect, the whole purpose of the Holy Spirit guiding us and empowering us in this life, the whole purpose of everything is the glory of God. So here we read that He is empowered to guard us like a guard, like a sentinel to watch over us, thus to keep us from stumbling and to make us make us stand firm in the presence of His glory, to be established in His glory. This will be the greatest of all things, the apex of existence, to know that as one of His own, He has at last brought us into His glorious presence, into the presence of of his glory, and he makes us to stand firm. Continuing on, it says, um, uh, blameless or without blemish, faultless, blameless, 
uh, uh, I'm almost blameless with with um, with exceeding joy, with intense gladness and joy. Now the joy in in reference here, the joy is more of a reference of his joy than ours, that he is overjoyed, that he has taken his own, his bride, his elect, his people, his church. In spite of all the stuff that we're warned against in the previous verses of Jude and the, uh, the evil that we are faced with throughout the existence, not only of our lives, but of the church as well, that he is powerful and he guards us to keep us from stumbling, makes us stand from the presence of his glory. Not just that, but to stand there without blemish, thus to his great joy. He is intensely glad to bring us to himself and to present us that way. To the only to our only God. Or to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, here's that word again, be glory. Jesus Christ has a peculiar glory that is the glory of the Son of God. Philippians 2 tells us that he voluntarily laid that glory aside. John 17, Jesus himself talks about laying that glory aside, this this peculiar, particular Shekinah, this wonderful glory of deity, the enswavement of being God. And in order to purchase his own, he lays that aside. But he takes it back up in the ascension. And we, we see that in John 17. We also see it in Acts 1. So here it says, uh, to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, glory. You, you, to the verb to be is implied there. Be the glory, be glory. To him, be glory. And then, megalosune, greatness. It could be translated majesty. So his, his is a peculiar glory. Our only God and Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord, great glory, great majesty, greatness. And then sovereign rule. Here's the next word. Kratos, dominion, sovereign rule. He has always been in charge and authority, exousia, dominion and authority before all time and now and to all the ages. Amen. So here's the great doxology. All glory is his. He is the one who was empowered to bring us to himself, to keep us, to watch over us, to keep us from stumbling. 
He is the one who can present us in the presence of his glory, blameless to his great joy. He's overjoyed to bring us into this presence. Then he says, to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory. He is the epitome of glory. His glory is indescribable, but some infinitely glorious day we will stand in the presence of his glory. Not just that, his greatness. Now, what makes him so great? Again, he is the sovereign ruler, his dominion. He is all-powerful over everything and authority. Not just now, but before all the time. There's actually a definite article there. Propantos to Aonos. Before all the time. And now. Kainun. And to all Kais Pantas tus Aonis. And to all the ages. Think about this. He has always been all powerful. He is all powerful. He always will be all powerful. It is always according to his purpose and sovereign will because it is by his authority, it is his dominion, by his authority, through his power, and by his power, and to his great joy, and to his glory. This just adds to his glory, what he has done for us. So, I'm looking here at the truth of the Christ of God, which is this. He existed before all time, and all power was his then. He, he is all-powerful in time, and he is all-powerful into the times of the times that are yet to come that we don't know anything about, the ages Tusaonus, the ages. Pantas, all. Pantas, Tusaonus. All the ages. We've lived through various stewardships of time since the creation of man. Today we're living in the stewardship of time that is the time of the church. This is how God is dealing with people. I think we're very close to the end of that time but the time of the church. So we've experienced these dispensations of time, if you will, in the history of man's existence. But in the new heaven and the new earth and into the ages of the ages, how much more special will it be? The elect of God will spend thousands of years, tens of thousands, hundreds, millions of years. I don't know will spend this enormous time that to us will pass by without much thought until we have reached the next plateau, the next level, where our great God and Savior wants to, wants to take us, wants to teach us things. This will go on forever. God is infinite. We, we cannot know the mind of God because He's beyond us. But God can keep teaching us and God can keep leading us, and we can keep growing 
to the glory of God by what God does for us and through what God does for us into the ages of the ages. It will always be an age of challenge and excitement. They're indescribable. There's no way of knowing how the next thing will be after this present age. I don't know. I know there will be a millennial kingdom. I don't really know how life will be there, but I know that it will be restored to the Garden of Eden type of environment. And after the after the millennial kingdom, I know that there will be a new heaven and a new earth after the great white throne. Very little is said about it. A little bit is said about it, not much. How do the ages of the ages build on each other in that new creation? Well, I don't know, but it's, it's very exciting, I'm sure. It's very challenging. It will be something wonderful for us to experience forever to all the ages to all the ages. Amen. Well, we have done an exegetical reading of uh, the book of Jude. That's how I study the Bible. So I've just, I've just been reading it to you the way that I study the Bible. I haven't given you an outline or anything like that. We've just, we've just let the Word stand for itself. I hope that it's been meaningful to you. God bless you, and thank you for joining me during this study in the book of Jude. <music> 